0: For more information, visit www.novic.co. Now, let's jump into the episode. Hello,
1: and welcome to the Navic Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Ovory. Today we are covering one of the pioneers of the Web3 gaming space, who popularized and blew up the move to earn category. We are, of course, talking about Steppen by Find Satoshi Labs. Stepin was one of the very first Web3 mobile apps available through the regular old app stores and tapped into various very Web2 technologies on your mobile device, just like any other fitness or gaming app might do. But Stepin innovated by also incorporating some deep Web3 elements, like their NFT sneakers that are worn by users in order to earn their cryptocurrency GMT while walking or running. And then Steppen absolutely exploded in popularity in Q1 and early Q2 of 2022, with their NFT sneakers selling for hundreds of dollars each, and the implied market cap of GMT exceeding tens of billions of dollars. But it wasn't just hypothetical crypto speculation. Steppen made real money, too, with $26 million in operating profit in Q1 of 2022 and a whopping $123 million in operating profit in Q2 2022. Uh, and of course, then crypto winter set in. So... Those numbers have probably come down a little bit, um, but at peak Stepan had three million MAU, eight hundred thousand DAU, and this is despite the fact that onboarding into the Web three elements in particular of the app was challenging to say the least. Uh, and I should know; I was a user <laughs> of the product. Um, so we're fast forwarding now a couple of uh, to a couple of weeks ago when a headline uh, in the news caught my attention, uh, and the headline said something like Stepan becomes first ever blockchain gaming app to secure Apple Pay integration. And so this presumably means there is no more need for complicated transactions involving wallets and crypto or remembering seed phrases, uh, all the friction that you know, we know from Web3. Uh, and presumably now buying NFTs is just an in-app purchase away, just like for any other mobile app. And as longtime listeners of this podcast will know, uh, I am a huge believer that for mainstream adoption of Web3, we as an industry need a couple of things to, to happen. Firstly, we need to integrate with our existing mobile devices and fit into our existing daily habits. And secondly, we need Web3 transactions to be as seamless as making IAPs are currently. So when I saw that Stepan headline, I knew I had to have them on the pod to talk about the journey and how this latest move opens up the market for not just their product, but Web3 more broadly. And so to talk about all things Stepan on the show today, we have Shiti Mangani, the COO, Chief Operating Officer of Stepan. Shiti, welcome to the pod.
2: Thank you, Nico. It's a pleasure to be here. And what a lovely, comprehensive introduction there.
1: Fantastic. Well, thank you for that. Uh, and with that introduction out of the way, let's get right into it. Um, and so let's start first, uh, especially with guests such as yourself. Uh, always really interested to hear about the journey into Web3. Uh, and you have a very unique background, at least among the folks that we've had on this pod. Uh, you have a very deep marketing background with giant multinational corporations, uh, including PepsiCo. Um, and so far, you're the only guest we've had on this pod who has sold biscuits in India and cookies uh ironically enough in the uk where they're typically called biscuits so that had me a little confused so i have to start with this critical question and i hope you don't mind a little levity to start the show off what is the difference between biscuits and cookies
2: (laughs) well a sweet note to start off with cookies require a soft dough whereas biscuits are hard dough so um which makes cookies slightly heavier whereas biscuits are more fluffier than uh, cookies Yeah, that's primarily the difference.
1: Aha. So I I always thought it was just a UK versus US thing, but it it, it is actually a uh, formulation difference between the the two products. They are two distinct products, cookies and biscuits.
2: Absolutely. And the products in the US and the UK are also completely different. What we call as biscuits in the US are actually very different from biscuits. Oh, that's right.
1: Of course, it's Southern, you know, uh, chicken and biscuits. Right. Of course. Oh, goodness (laughs) me. Um, All right. Well, we could derail the show uh, and go deep on biscuits, cookies and the various regional differences. But we're here to talk about Steppen. So... um, After that kind of lighter note we started on, um, let's talk about about your background. So, you joined Steppen at the height of the crazy growth period, which was, I believe, February 2022. You initially joined as chief marketing officer, um, and then since then, you've taken on the COO role. Uh, Tell us more about your journey from uh, the Web2, very Web2 world of marketing biscuits and cookies for large mo- multinational corporations to becoming first Chief Marketing Officer and then Chief Operating Officer of a pioneering Web3 move-to-earn startup company?
2: Well, it's been quite a journey, to be honest, um, and and I've loved every moment of it. Uh, so going back, I'm an, an, an engineer and uh, an MBA, started my career in India in blue-chip world of marketing, so... Um, did prestigious stints in media as well as FMCG, then moved to U.S. with PepsiCo, then actually came to Europe, worked across Portugal, France, Germany, Italy, um, France, and then finally about seven, eight years ago, came to UK. It took me across various cutting edge technologies, right from 3D printing of food to um, when the digital marketing was taking off. So we were sat outside at 3 a.m., Um, doing billboards and then over to digital marketing i come from a time when about two percent of marketing budget and i'm talking about annual marketing budget of 12 million dollars two percent of that would go to digital to now where 2025 and in some cases 30 35 percent go so i've covered that arc um yeah and then the bug caught me so i set up my own shop um started a startup based on AI tracking of posture in fitness. So basically using computer vision and AI, we could track the posture for remote workouts. That was my foray into using my engineering roots into fitness world. Um, We did a project with UK. So we got awarded by UK government where we um, used this technology for older senior adults, which actually led me down this rabbit hole of data privacy and security. In dealing with this population age group who were so vulnerable and so apprehensive about their data usage, it completely opened my eyes to privacy in a way that I hadn't been exposed before. Um, So this was around 2021, uh, which is when blockchain crypto was in its own high bull run for different reasons. And I started looking into the technology first. Uh, And just like everybody, first people go in for price and then they get sucked into technology. Pretty much similar thing happened with me. And then I started looking at applications that I could potentially use for my own startup um, in this space. Which married fitness with how you leveraged economics uh, for user growth, as well as data transparency to the users and data control to the users. Meanwhile, I sold my startup, came across In and talked to the founders. Was completely sold on the vision. It was, it was a it was a small app. We were in test flight phase. We were moving on to uh, a mobile app. Um, and long story short. Uh, we, I joined the team. It was um, probably the craziest decision of my life, as you said, coming from a well-established circle, completely outside my comfort zone. My family thought I was hitting midlife prices or something. <laughs> In hindsight, the best decision I ever made, it um, made me work slog 20 Hours in a day because we work across fourteen time zones and and, and crypto never sleeps right. So uh, we, we worked hard, toiled hard, but it was right of a lifestyle, lifestyle boy. And yeah, as far as CMO to CEO, um, I I often joke that I'm the chief janitor officer. To be honest. When you work in a startup and such a lean startup with very few people, you pretty much do everything. You're the one who is also printing the invoice and you're the one who's signing the invoice. So titles um, beyond a point don't
1: matter fantastic journey I, I yeah i always like to ask these questions because everybody's journey is a, a a little different or sometimes wildly different but everybody always has that moment you know that aha moment where they're like oh wow you come to it with price that was my journey too i i got in in 2016 and speculated on a bunch of icos back in those days and it was all about price but at the same time it was also about uh, identifying that oh there's some transformational technology here. Um, mm-hmm. It's not quite ready for prime time. Certainly it wasn't in 2016, 2017. Um, but uh, you know it's now kind of coming into its own. So very similar journey. And I always love to hear how that journey, you know, impacted folks who come in and then truly buy into the, the vision of the technology. So um, so that brings us nicely to so that's your background. Tell us more about Step in itself. Um, so obviously uh, the, the the companies well. Yeah, you tell you tell me the story. <laughs> I'm not going to tell, tell it back to you. Uh, I'd love to hear about also about the founders. Um, I haven't seen much about them um, in the press. Uh, I don't know if they're they're very private um, or they just uh, don't do a lot of press for whatever reason. Um, but I'd love to hear the step and origin story and hear more about the founders, uh, who I believe are Australian or at least are based in Australia.
2: Yes, sure, would love to. Uh, the the Stepin is owned by parent studio, which is called As Fine Satoshi Labs. Essentially, that's the parent studio that is um, maker of Step-In, are also makers of our own NFT exchange called More, are also makers of our own decentralized exchange called Dole, which is already number one on Solana. So, Yon and Jerry are the co-founders of FSL, two of my most favorite people now. Um, Insanely awesome human beings, com- competent, intelligent, smart, have got extensive experience both in blockchain and gaming. So they come with complementary skill set and personalities as well. Um, Jerry is very well worth in product and tech side of things with a very keen business sense of gaming market. He's um, made and sold several of gaming um, applications himself. Uh, Yon comes with a deep background in blockchain and crypto. So um, once again, um, he's well entrenched in the industry. So about late 2021, I would say around October, November time, this was backdrop of, remember, COVID, people in isolation. There were also Australian bushfires, both of them are based in Australia. There was loneliness, isolation. um, and they were thinking, how do we get people outside uh, in a way that contributes positively to the environment while using incentive mechanism in blockchain to make it a habit? So several brainstorms happened. Um, initially, they were thinking about this game of call called Find Satoshi, which is actually the parent company's name, where you would just go and find Satoshi. But it then became too, 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 too technical. You mentioned onboarding. I mean, that was even more esoteric. For Web3, and they wanted to democratize. Like, my mom, their dad could play, right? Um, That was the dream. So, uh, after a few iterations, Stepan was born. Um, That's how Stepan came about to be. Uh, And we've never looked back. We've grown this from a couple thousand daily active users to millions.
1: Fantastic. I love the story. Um, fun side note here, if, if you'll, you and the listeners will indulge. Um, so I actually had this exact same idea, the Steppen idea, during the pandemic as well. Um, and I, to, to, to prove it, I can tell you that I actually registered Hotstep. So I called it Hotstep. Hotstep.com. I actually own that domain. Uh, never got around to launching it. Um, but uh, that's why I've been following Steppen so closely over, over the years is because um, this literal idea, uh, and in fact, there was a there is an existing app which I'm sure you're very well familiar with called uh, I think it's called is it called Sweatcoin? Um, mm-hmm. I forget what the name of the app is, but anyway, they 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 reward you in Sweatcoin. Had nothing to do with crypto, and it predates crypto by quite a long way. And I think it's actually a UK based app, um, but it rewards you for for moving um, and taking steps. Um, and so yeah, so this this idea uh, came to me as well during the the pandemic, um, and. Uh, I love that Steppen executed on it, and I've been, you know, kind of following you guys um, on this journey ever since. Um, I'm just very curious to hear the reason I didn't pursue this idea was because it's a, you know, it's a hard market to crack. I mean, mm. mobile apps in general are hard, um, um, but with the kind of Web three elements and the reward mechanism, which obviously are appealing, um, but very hard to jump through all those hoops. Tell me a little bit about what made Steppen explode in popularity back in those those days, you know, late 2021, early 2022, beyond just the the, the speculation piece because obviously we all know that a lot of crypto bull run was driven by speculation that's totally fine there's nothing wrong with that um but there is there was something more about steppen that really i think appealed at a deeper level beyond just the the speculation piece so i'm just curious to hear what do you trace that explosion in popularity to um how did you become the you know defining move to earn app um of that era
2: yeah i mean it's it's as you as you know, like success is many fathers, failure is none, right? So it's very easy for us to think back and and trace it to several points. but at best, what we can offer is our own analysis and thinking. Um, so the the way my mental model works is it it is attributed to, of course, two things that we did and continue to do really well. and that is product and community. Honestly, nothing else beyond these two things matter. I can and I have in past jobs, done very, very complicated Excel sheets and business models and strategies, but ultimately it boils down to these two things. Now, within, and, and they go hand in hand, right? Product and community building. You keep your ears close to the ground. You keep listening to the community. You keep iterating on their feedback till it gets to a point that what your product is not just a good Web3 product. It is a good product, right? People don't care if it's a good Web3 product. People just looking for a app, game, fitness thing to play that it happens to be web three is by the way right uh today we don't sit and marvel oh wow how good is electricity as a technology no but electricity literally is the fundamental thing building block on which everything is built correct so um the moment web three becomes the electricity that's when the app works but the app on its own has to stand it can't be just a discord server with thousands of people Going slightly deeper into what we did probably right in making it a good product in community was building it on blockchain, which led us to achieve four things beyond speculation, as you say. So the first one was that the users get rewarded. This means just more incentives to stay fit, right? Fitness is an unsolved problem to date. To date, right? I I worked in a fitness business before of my own, and that's where I come from. The biggest problem in fitness is retention. It's not trials. You promise that you will lose five kilos in the next month, you will get 500 signups right there and then. The problem is, how do you retain these 500 people when the weight loss doesn't kick in in the third month? For retention to happen, there is only and only one thing that will drive it. That is results. Results. And results will happen when there is a habit, and habit will happen when there are accountability or incentives. This is why, for some people, gyms work. This is why, for some people, instructors work, because there's some mechanism of accountability there. However, incentive as a mechanism hasn't been explored yet. Blockchain gives us a way to tangibly materialize that. The second part is ownership. Right ownership and selling of in-game assets, which is NFTs in real life with no friction. I think this everybody gets. The third is tokenomics. At that time, we cracked it pretty well, which ensures supply, demand, and democratic uh, democratic participation. And last but not the least, and this is what Web three enables everybody to do. And a lot of projects do this well is network effects, which is how we ensure that we bring millions of users onto Web three. So yeah, in summary, product community. And building using blockchain well to our advantage.
1: Yeah, I mean, you were one of the the apps, you know, products in general that did a really nice job in the onboarding piece. You had this this uh, virtuous flywheel, um, obviously drove a lot of price speculation um, uh, as as well. Um, curious to hear how do you go then beyond that um, that piece. Obviously, so you you put out some numbers. Um, which I would have done too, <laughs> if I had numbers like this, you know, you had 123 million in Q2 2022 operating profit. I don't know exactly how you you measure that. Um, I'm presuming you're not an audited entity, but nonetheless, whatever the actual number is, it's, it's a very big number. Um, so quick note on how did you, how did you, what was your business model? Like, how did you make all that money? Um, obviously selling NFTs, um, you know, GMT is presumably a part of that. Um, but then how do, you, how do you sustain that over the longer term? You haven't put out numbers since Q2 of 2022. Uh, we're obviously in a crypto winter, totally understand. Um, how do you kind of keep that virtuous flywheel going that you, you really cracked the tokenomics, right? Like, and you're right to pat yourselves on the back that that was a very, very effective model, uh, and you were one of the best to do it at the time. Um, how do you sustain that over the long period uh, when it's not so much about the price uh, speculation piece?
2: Sure. So there are two parts to your question. A, how did we do it in the first place, um, the economics? And B, how do we sustain it, right? So A is very simple. Um, It's very straightforward. There is a platform fee of 2%. um, There's royalty fee of 4%. That goes back to the NFT creators. And there's 6% fee on shoe minting. It's pretty much straightforward and detailed in our white paper. That's the economics of um, how, how we did it in the first place. The second Part, which is sustainability um i mean three months into three months into our 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 launch people question if we'll be around a year and a half not our, not only are we surviving but we're thriving our community is still strong you just need to look at our twitter our discord to know um how strong and viable we still are right um, in terms of an ecosystem In terms of how do we add value back to our community, uh, we're now building an ecosystem using Stepin as an onboarding vehicle, but then building a utility around it. So like I mentioned, imagine if FSL is at the center of the solar system, our plan is to have many consumer-facing applications outside. So Stepin is one of them the best known. So these are consumer-centric applications. We will be launching more games and more apps in the future. Step in is in lifestyle space. There's nothing that stops us from launching application in the social space as well. This becomes the consumer facing application portfolio. Along with this front end, we are building a robust backend just infrastructure to support this onboarding. By which I mean once a user is onboarded onto step in, they've got many needs like swaps maybe like trading NFTs maybe, like maybe launching their own NFT projects. And this is why we are also built um, a DEX of our own, like I said, already number one on Solana, but also on multi-chain, so BSC and Ethereum. We To support NFT trades, we launched our own NFT marketplace and Launchpad. So that is uh, more, uh, again, multi-chain on Ethereum and Solana. So um, all of the value capture, happens back to gmt so whether it's gmt mining in step in whether it's one percent liquidity fee on Dex, or whether it's voting and minting on more and um, to to be, son- to be soon to be launched applications all of the uh, value capture happens back to gmt yeah so um uh, This ensures that not only is it a win-win for a community and the ecosystem, but it also ensures that we our 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 ecosystem keeps growing, hence benefiting community in the long run.
1: So, I I love that vision actually. So GMT becomes essentially the the glue that keeps the entire portfolio of products together. You're you're envisioning GMT as the single token uh, currency glue. Um, lubricant, whatever analogy you want to use, um, and, and you're trying to make sure that the value capture happens all in this one token, regardless of what the different products are in the portfolio, whether they be fitness related, gaming related, social, um, you know, financial related with the decks, and so on. Is that is that a fair understanding of of how you're envisioning it?
2: That's absolutely right. Yes.
1: Oh, fantastic. Okay, great. Um, to to kind of build this out, uh, you raised a fairly modest five million uh, seed. this was i think in 2020 2021 give or take that time frame um and as far as i can tell you haven't raised anything since you may not have needed to raise with with all that operating profit um are there any plans to raise more to kind of build out this this bigger vision obviously beyond just the step in product but the you know the the portfolio products that you're, you're alluding to here
2: yes of course so um we've been actively building throughout this bear market and in fact um Anybody who is building in this bear market should be very, very, very um, paid close attention to because some of these projects will be huge, huge uh, when the bull comes around. Uh, of course, NFAD by Um But our attempt um, in building continues. And of course, beyond Step In, we've got more door. But there's something very exciting, which maybe I'm not allowed to say at this moment, but I can tease. Um, it's going to be something absolutely amazing, big that people accept, uh, expect from the makers of Stepin. So something in that direction that people would absolutely want to participate in the early rounds um, coming very soon. We're going to be launching an official campaign around it around um, in, a, in a few weeks from now, yeah.
1: Ooh, exciting stuff! Um, we'll we'll get into kind of roadmap items a little bit later in this in this episode, but uh, nice nice tease there for for later on. Um so let's. It's taken us a while to get here, but I did want to get the kind of the foundational piece of you know you and Stepan and and your your kind of overall goals and where you are now as a, as a product and as a company. But let's get to the news that initially caused me to reach out to you, um, and that is that press release you put out around uh, integration with with Apple Pay. Um, and as I said in my intro, I'm a huge believer um, that Web three really won't have its mass market moment until transactions are you know as Easy as they are right now with IAP, just a thumbprint or you know face ID or click of the little button on the side away, uh, where you don't need to have wallets and seed phrases and all this friction, um, uh, you know that that we know exists in Web three. So uh, tell me a little bit about how this Apple Pay integration went down. Uh, what was the thinking behind this? Uh, you've said you you know this is your path to you know hundreds of millions of users, not. You know, just millions or hundreds of thousands of users. Um, and so I want to hear your thought process on um, how this went with Apple. <laughs> um, you've put in the press or your press releases that Apple was a supportive partner in this. So this is something that clearly took some doing because obviously Apple hasn't been super supportive necessarily of all crypto and Web3 um, integrations. So I'm very curious, and I know our listeners are extremely curious to hear, how did you do this? Uh, how long did it take? You know, Just as much detail as you have on um, you know and in integrating you know IAPs NFTs crypto with Apple Pay as simple as any other app out there.
2: Yeah, this is something we consider as a massive, massive, massive win for us. Like you rightly pointed out, this is something that it was also definitely not an overnight success. We've been at it for months. Uh, so two parts, right? To your question again, why did we do this? Like, what was the end game plan? Um, And second, uh, how did we do it, right? So so I think why is very simple, right? Our vision mission has been absolutely singular-minded focus of mass adoption, period. We want to grow. We want this app to to reach to the users beyond just core Web3 fraternity. Anecdotally, we've seen that happen. Uh, That has been part of that growth flywheel that you talked about earlier. Uh, I mean, uh, As we speak, there are events that happen in Miami, Australia, um, Japan, Korea, um, Taiwan, uh, UK, um, and and, and there are so many cities I'm forgetting. Like it's unbelievable. And these, by the way, these events are not something that we sponsor. These are events that community hold together. And when you go to these events, Nico, what you will see so heartening to see is that it's not just crypto bros um but their spouses um their mom and dads their friends there are men with um, push pram and their babies uh, there are dogs um it's a wholesome complete experience and there are people who are onboarded by other people admittedly because yes the onboarding is complex but there are people who are opening their first um blockchain wallet. There are people who are buying their first NFTs. Uh, There are people who are experiencing the power of crypto for the first time. And there are people who just are absolutely delighted that they walked for a mile and there was some money in their account, right? So to experience this power that blockchain can give you in such a tangible way is a unique, unique experience and absolutely heartening for any founder or builder to see, right? This is something that, this is an experience, feeling, momentum, vision, whatever you may call that. This is what we want to see amplify and grow magnet So that is a long answer to your why. This is important to us, um, but very obvious for us. Um, for this, if if we have to work harder, if we have to compromise on economics, if we have to make things work, we will do it. So that's a singular focus. In terms of how we did it, um I remember, you know, when, when we got listed as an app on App Store, iOS App Store, I used to get ton of questions around the same thing. Like, how did you get listed on App Store? Nico, I wish there was a secret that I could share. <laughs>
1: uh, I wish so I do could. our listeners. So do our listeners. This I is- wish
2: <laughs> there was a medium article I could write. Three secrets to getting Apple listing. That secret is working hard on Apple's feedback. Number two, having an organic community. And number three, showing them or demonstrating that in a quantifiable manner with data. So whatever your backend is, um, Apple loves data, Apple loves community, Apple loves organic traction. I mean, it's it's very obvious. They They are... Their market cap is bigger than the next two companies combined, which is Amazon and um, and, and uh, which is Amazon and Facebook combined, right? So their their market cap is bigger than UK's GDP, for that matter. And when you achieve that volume, that size, you have a duty to your users, you have a reputation to take care of. So it is, to an extent, understandable why they are cautiously skeptical about the space. Having said that, given our experience, once you've got users, user feedback, a good product, a good community, they keep telling you, they keep giving you directions, and it is up to your willingness to work on that feedback. Like I said, it didn't happen in a day, but Rome wasn't built in a day. We were singularly focused on that attempt and no matter how many months it took us, how many weeks it took us, we kept working. I, I, I'd be lying if I said it was a smooth road, or we were happy all the time, or we knew this this was going to happen, or there was. But we knew that there was light of light at the end of tunnel, and uh, I'm glad it worked out
1: yeah no uh, congratulations on that and i i agree it's a it's a big moment um arguably you know maybe one of the watershed one of the few watershed moments on the path to mass market adoption of of you know crypto nfts blockchain technologies web3 more broadly um is you know getting into the walled garden of apple and google um, and becoming part of that daily habit that we all already have, which is you know, whipping out our phone 26 times a day or whatever—probably more than that, actually—and <laughs> um, uh, using our, our devices for whatever we're using it for, whether it be for fitness or for gaming or you know finance, doesn't really matter. Um, now, I want to hear a little bit about how uh, I haven't had a chance to actually um, use the new Apple Pay integration. I will absolutely do it after this this, this podcast records. Um, how does it work with uh, in conjunction? with the crypto components, the web3 components that you have right now. Like how is what's the user journey inside the app now for somebody who doesn't care, doesn't even know about crypto or blockchain or, you know, web3 or wallets or seed phrases and is blissfully unaware of all those weird and wonderful things?
2: Wonderful. So very simple. Download the app from an iOS app store onto your iPhone, click on step in, once you open the app, um the app will prompt you to purchase an nft sneaker the way to do that is just like you would make any other purchase on any other app you double click on the side button uh, go to apple pay and just like that you choose your sneaker and you pay using apple pay and a system that we've invented called sparks 10 sparks is equal to 1 us dollars all the sneaker prices are available in sparks When Sparks are like any virtual credits, all the gamers are used to that, right? Virtual points, virtual credits, virtual currency, whatever you might want to call it. Once you've purchased enough Sparks or enough credits, you can purchase an NFT sneaker. Once you've got that NFT sneaker, you just play the game, which is you walk outside, walk, jog, or run. And just like that, you earn our in-app currency, which is GMT or GST.
1: And if I want to use the the existing way of of buying... The NFT sneakers. If I want to use my SOL or my uh, BSC, um, I can still do that. The the, the two coexist. You have an option
2: to. You have an option to go to our uh, marketplace and not Of course, that mm-hmm. option is available to each and every user. Um, and um, the option to not use the marketplace and and use Apple Pay is also there now.
1: Got it. Okay, um, so obviously this will come. So this, you know, big opening of the funnel. Obviously, that's the obvious pro of of doing this. Um, now, obviously, this comes with cons as well. Um, you have to, you know, integrate with Apple Pay. Um, that's you following the rules that Apple imposes upon you. Um, and then, obviously, there is a class of Web three purists um, who don't like the idea of playing in a centralized. World, you know, Web three is all about decentralization, and it's not about you know being, buying things with Apple, um, with Apple's you know IAP or you know following Google's rules. So I want to hear a little bit about how you guys think about the pros and the cons here um, with with Apple Pay. Um, again, the pros are obvious in terms of opening up the top of the funnel, but the cons, you know, confusion potentially, you know, different paths for users. Obviously, the thirty percent tax. Um, I want to hear a little bit about how you think about those things, um, both. Practically, which is the 30% tax really mostly, but also philosophically, right? Thinking about what does it mean to play by these giant companies' centralized rules when Web3 really, or one of the aspects of Web3, is all about decentralization and this kind of ethos around um, uh, what Web3 really stands for, um, which is kind of the opposite of what Apple and Google (laughs) often stand for.
2: Yeah, it's a great, great question, Nico, to be honest. And the philosophical side, as you mentioned, is even more interesting. There's a saying that goes, right? To change a system, you've got to work within the system. If you're outside of it, it's just commentary. If we've got to really believe that we want to change things, that we want people to experience what this change is about, we've got to first make them use it. Mm. That means we've got to take the app to somebody who hasn't experienced crypto blockchain for what it is. And just by patting ourselves on the back, I think that's not going to happen, right? So we've got to play by some rules where we can get to some users for them to then do Word of mouth. It's not like we're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on marketing on putting up a billboard. I've done that. That's not the rule book that we're playing with. The only rule book that we're playing with is on adoption, on organic adoption to build a community, which then becomes our ambassadors, which then takes the app as well as the benefit of Web three outside. So um, I can speak for hours on this, but it simply boils down to. Adoption.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer, and that's a very honest answer, um, and I think that's the realistic answer. I, I'm with you. You're preaching to the choir here. Um, I like to think of myself as a as a realist and not necessarily get too tied up in in the philosophical arguments around decentralization and you know what crypto can stand for if you take it to the extreme. But uh, if you take it to the extreme, you know it's never going to get mass market adoption. So I respect that answer, and I uh, I happen to agree with you. Um, now I'm going to come to something which uh, I found quite curious, which kind of goes a little bit against this adoption piece. Um, uh, it's not antithetical to it, but it, it was curious to me that you chose to use this language. So very pointedly in the press release and all the way through your history um, as a company and as an app as a product, um, you've called Step in a blockchain gaming app. Right? I'm using quotes here. Um, that was it, just in this recent press release, and you're not even calling it a blockchain fitness app. Um, and you. Are pointedly using the word blockchain in there um, which of course isn't particularly mass market um, so i'm very curious to hear how are you thinking about stepping the product um, not not the company necessarily but stepping the product is it a fitness app is it a gaming app is it a web3 app does it need that blockchain language around it um, Very interested to hear your thoughts on on how you think about yourselves because you don't put out a press release. I put out press releases in the past as well. You don't put out a press release without thinking about every single word that you put in there. And you put in the phrase blockchain gaming app. Uh, So that's a conscious choice. Very curious to hear your thoughts around that. And you're the marketing person too. So (laughs) um, particularly extra uh, interested to hear.
2: So you're right about the both the things. A, it was thought through. B, we actually wanted to put simply blockchain app. However, Legal wasn't sure if we can defend that we're the first blockchain app, although I think we are. But just to be on the safe side, we wanted to make sure that we're the first blockchain fitness slash lifestyle slash gaming app to do this, which we are <laughs> definitely. In terms of just picking, being absolutely specifically clear on who, how we think what we are, we're definitely a blockchain app. We're, we're very proud of it. So no qualms there. Sure, lifestyle is a broader term, right? Which captures ethos of fitness, of, of gaming. But but really, what does that mean? We're not a fashion app. We're not promoting fashion. We're promoting a fit lifestyle. So yes, to a certain audience, we could be a fitness app. But I, I don't agree. This is contrary to the adoption theory. In fact, it is very, very much aligned to the adoption theory. Because what adoption theory or the hypothesis on adoption is that most likely, and nobody has the right or wrong answer, but most likely, mass adoption would come from two big angles. One is financialization, so which is what we see in DeFi, your farming, etc., etc. And the second is gaming slash entertainment, which is where metaverse and games have a role to play. Um, yes, fitness can be a part of that. So we've made fitness in a gamified way, right? So it's not it's not fitness app in the strictest sense of the word, which is, for example, Sweatcoin is. But then we all know how it worked out, right? So um, we, ha- even when you make a fitness app, and again, I, I say this because I have experienced both the good and bad side of it. Fitness app has to be incentivized slash accountable slash gamified in a way that it becomes a habit, that the user keeps coming back, that there are users here, even in a bear market, in an industry where capitulation is at its peak. We have, we, we adding thousands of users every single day. That's something to be hugely, massively proud of, and we are. And that happens when the incentives are aligned, when the people keep coming back, when people get results. Um, and that happens because we have done fitness in a gamified way. So there's no way that we can ignore the gamification part of it. In fact, there are people, our Discord is full of game strategies, like people would um, discuss amongst themselves what to use games, um, gems for. What's the utility of our low-level gems to high-level gems and strategizing for the game? So that's something that is very core core to our both community and the product. So it's definitely not, not something that we would ignore. But yes, we can speak to each and every audience differently. So to a hardcore fitness enthusiast, we are a fitness app. To a hardcore gamer, we are a gaming app, whatever works for them.
1: And to a Web3 crypto bro, you're a blockchain app. Blockchain so, um, app. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, great. Um, I, I like that honesty and leaning into it. It's, it's actually it's gone a little bit out of fashion. I think I'm, I'm sure you're aware of this. Uh, you know, a lot of developers, that, that certainly, we talked to on the on the pod here. Um, you know, even if they're Web three developers, they're leaning away from using that language um, because it's a yeah. little bit not fashionable right now because we're in a bear sure. market and they're just kind of leaning into, hey, we're a game. It Doesn't matter if we use blockchain technologies or we have Web three elements. We're just a game first and foremost. And I do like the fact that you are open and honest and proud of the fact that you are a blockchain app um, and that is part of who you are as a company. Um, and that's and part of part what of made us
2: successful, to be honest. Right. It's very simple. Uh, of course. It's like coin of course. exists outside the blockchain. Once again, there are many players who exist outside the blockchain. That does not give them the uniqueness of incentive distribution or transparency that blockchain offers. And we're a blockchain app who also do off-chain metrics, by the way. So we're v- very well experienced both technically and community-wise in both realms. And I'm saying that blockchain is, essential and crucial and central to the success. So there's absolutely nothing not to be proud of about it.
1: Love it. Perfect. Uh, Okay, slightly different tack here. So um, you mentioned at the start uh, that you're a fully distributed team. Your founders are in Australia. I believe you're in the U.K., 14 time zones. Um, How big is the team at the moment? Are you uh, able to share a little bit about um, uh, what kind of composition is it? You know, you're you're, you're part fitness, part part blockchain, part gaming. Um, What kinds of folks do you have working um, and and where and how many?
2: Yeah, we're slightly careful about sharing details of team, um, personal details, et cetera, given the space that we're in. But we're a very healthy team, somewhere between... um, 80 to 100 people strong. Um, it comprises mainly on two sides. So, one is our tech and engineering and dev team, which is absolutely top of the class, best in the world, a combination of best AI engineers to machine learning engineers to blockchain developers to gaming developers, uh, and not to mention UI, UX, and the design front. Um, and then the second biggest component is the marketing um, and the BD uh, and the community side of it. So um, that includes our business and operations team, mostly.
1: Perfect. Now, that's a perfect uh, segue, actually, into my next question, which is, uh, I've seen quite a few, and I, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some here. I'm, I've only got two that I'm going to reference here. But you've you've done quite a few partnerships, um, even from the very beginning, even when you were quite small, um, with sneaker brands, um, with sports teams. I believe you got a partnership with Atletico Madrid. So not just any old sports team, but you know one of the biggest European giants out there. Um what are you doing with these partnerships? Um, I, I obviously understand, and I think all of our listeners do, that you're trying to push the brand forward. You're trying to, you know, kind of make Steppen more visible in that mass market environment. Um, but uh, how do you pick these partners? How have you been able to do some of these partnerships, even early on? I think you had um, was it uh, Asics or Adidas? I can't remember which one it was, uh, but it was one of the sneaker big sneaker brands that you partnered with way back in 2021 you know 2022 when you were just getting started right you hadn't yet blown up so very interested to hear how are you landing these partnerships uh, and what is the goal with these partnerships um that you've got uh, in the works right now
2: yeah firstly you've done your homework really well nico i must say um secondly it's absolutely remarkable how we pull these off to be honest full marks to the team Um, Yes, we are a growing challenger brand. It is absolutely not easy to get these top tier um, names to partner with us. But we're also very, very, very focused that we only want to work with the best. Again, the logic being adoption, uh, crypto already suffers from massive credibility issues. And the only way to reach to the user segment is to work with the best names, whether it's Apple, whether it's assets, whether it's ATM. We think we deserve it. If anybody wants to dip in the toes of blockchain waters, if anybody wants access to real users in an organic manner, our brand is one of the best out there, as simple as that, especially in the lifestyle, fitness, sports, athletics space. So that's partly the answer to how we are doing it and why we are doing it. In terms of how we choose these brands or what we do, So that's like how and why in terms of what we do with them is uh, a mix of real and um, virtual perks, right? So with ASICs, for example, we started with a Genesis collection of ASIC themed sneakers uh, and and that was a massive hit. Like we launched on Binance Launchpad with 2000 sneakers and there were 190,000 stakers, So absolute runaway success. Then we did a... Run up to that, so it was not a one-off partnership. At breakpoint, I think last year, we attached a real-world utility. Again, one of the pioneering things to happen in space, it completely broke at breakpoint. We attached um, a real sneaker, real-world sneaker drop to the NFT holders. So that was something massive—the utility to NFTs, right? So the digital sneakers that gets you moving better than real-life sneaker. That was the first utility of step and sneakers, and this was second. So. Um, That's another criteria. Similarly, with ATM Athletic Group Partnership, we launched several offline perks to uh, co-branded sneaker holders, right from visiting the matches to getting merch to getting exclusive um, giveaways. Uh, We also launched uh, during the World Cup, we launched uh, with Javier, the Argentinian coach, ex-coach. Um, We also launched with Coast Initial, which is a very famous IP in Japan. Um, There was a massive success in in Japanese community. Our co-founder also visited there. So um, we listen to the community, what gets them excited. We um, look for brands that will help elevate and push our adoption agenda, as well as benefit our community. And we look for utility in both real and offline world.
1: Yeah, I've been very impressed, uh, I was very impressed, even from the very beginning, um, how you were able to land these, you know, especially blockchain web three is, it was trendy at the time, but it was still very risky for these big brands to get involved. And um, I was just kind of blown away by how big these names were that you were able to work with and continue to work with uh, now. So um, kudos to you guys for for pulling that off um, as, a, as a startup company. I've tried to do these in the past, and I know they're not easy, um, and they can take a very long time to to um, to come to fruition. Okay, uh, I think um I, I know you've got, hopefully, you can share a little bit more of the tease uh, that you you uh, teased earlier in this episode. Um want to talk a little bit about what's next on the Step and Roadmap. Um, I love the kind of the, the big vision that you have, which is GMT is the, the glue, the lubricant that you know keeps this whole ecosystem going. We've talked a lot about Step and the app, you know, because it's the, the biggest product that you have right now, or I, I think so, at least. Um, probably the most important one in your portfolio. Um, but what are you working on next? What products are kind of coming down um, on the roadmap? And... Um, Where are you taking the overall portfolio of products, not just Steppen, the product, but the overall portfolio?
2: Being the makers of Steppen, there's one thing that we do really well, which is a mix of games on blockchain. So here's a hint, wink, wink, for people who are looking for the next best thing from our stable. It's going to be announced um, in a few weeks from now. The best thing to keep track and be an early participant in whatever we have to offer is to keep track of our Discord and Twitter. So check out our Twitter handles. Um, it starts with the letter G, it ends with the letter O, and beyond that, there's not much I can do <laughs> um, This is the best tease right now, so stay tuned.
1: Starts with a G, ends with an O. Uh, it's like a Wordle clue. I'm a big Wordle <laughs> player, so we had Jonathan Knight, who I used to work with at Zynga. He's the GM of um, games at New York Times. So, he and I geeked out over wordle strategies. G and O. All right, all right, listeners. Well, we'll we'll uh, <laughs> we'll speculate wildly um, uh, on this and and see what we can uh, uh, uncover using our our sleuthing skills on the internet. Um, all right. Final question. Not related to Steppen at all. Um, you've alluded to this. You know, we're in a bear market. We're still in the middle of a crypto winter. Um, you know, how do you see that impacting Web three gaming in particular? We are a gaming podcast after all, and I know you see yourselves as a as a gaming um, app or gamified fitness uh, at the very least. Um, where do you see the market going? Uh, how are you guys thinking about it internally uh, at at find Satoshi Labs? By the way, you haven't found Satoshi, right? Yet. <laughs> Ongoing project, I presume.
2: I think the world will know when
1: we do. The world would know when you find him. Okay, all right. or Or her, or, you know. Uh, them could be all kinds of things. Okay, so yeah. So, what do you think about the crypto winter? How are you guys uh, thinking about building in a bear market? Um, and where do you see the market going? What are the catalysts that we need as an industry for more? You know, I don't. We don't need another bull run. We just, you know, we just need the crypto winter to end and the bear market to kind of correct itself because it has gone too far. I think um, in that extreme.
2: Sure, but um, if you're a builder, especially if you're a builder in this space, the way. There could be two ways to look at it. Well, one way is, oh, my God, everything is down from here. What do we do? How do we survive this? Um, There could be a potential second way to look at this, which is that this is the time when all the unhealthy capital gets washed out, when the visitors are gone, when the noise is less, because otherwise Bull Run just delays your product market fit. And if you have to tank, you tank, tank six months down the line. This is the time when noise is less. You really can build with focus. And if you build and survive in this period, you know you're for sure more than an average success when the bull comes around. In terms of what will get there and what could be the catalyst, I think blockchain as a technology has been around. So proving that we will be around is a very, very low bar. It's stable stakes. I think Anybody who is discussing that is missing the point. Possibly, should study a little bit more, right? So it's not about survival, but it's it's more like what gets us to the next thousand million users, billion users, and so on and so forth, right? Um, the technology is fundamental, right? So the three big use cases that we all know is one financial access and capital allocation, especially in the unbanked world. Second, composability and programmability, meaning faster and cheaper apps. This is where um, gaming also, by the way, comes Mm -hmm. in. Um, Experience in Web 3, that is unparalleled. And then the line between Web 2 and Web 3, at least in terms of experience and the graphics, disappears. The third is tokenization, which is sort of this co-op kind of model which allows user to participate and be part of your project success in a way that cannot happen in Web2, right? Kickstarters and stuff have tried somewhat successfully, Patreon. Um, and as this creator economy booms, as more and more cutting-edge tech comes with AI and metaverse, as more and more people take charge of their own destiny, like AI enables you to be a one-man army right? You have thousands of people at your disposal with AI. And once that kind of thing takes over, tokenization allows you to build your own community in a way that wasn't possible before, which is what we call the cold start problem, right? You don't no longer need to raise funds with A16Z. You don't need $10 million to do advertising. You can build your own community and blockchain allows that to happen. Right. So these use cases are going nowhere. Financial access, composability, and tokenization of building your community. So as long as we can build in these realms according to our skill sets, according to what we know best, at FSL, for sure, we know how to build an ecosystem. We know how to build a product. We know how to build a community. And when I say we know how to build a product, I don't mean that lightly. It's not easy to build product in web two, web three, web one, web zero, whatever. When you build product, it, it encompasses a lot of things. Um, we know how gaming works. We know how blockchain works. So that is the intersection we'll keep on playing. And that is what we will keep building for.
1: Love the answer. Yeah, great products. Ultimately, that's what it boils down to. You need to make something that people want to use. It doesn't matter how cool the technology is. Um, if you can't make something with the technology that people actually either want to use or need to use, well, you've got nothing, right? And so, um, you've obviously showed Stepan has obviously shown that people are absolutely prepared, um, and willing, and not just prepared and willing, but eager to um make fitness gamified fitness a, a daily habit, um, uh, in a way that you're right, you know, with the non Web three components of something like a sweat coin. Or many of the other imitators out there, um, they can't do so. Um, well, thank you so much. This this uh, this about wraps up my kind of line of questioning here. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the pod today. Um, I we love having pioneers of Web three on the pod, uh, whether they be in gaming or otherwise. And I personally, at least, and I know our many of our listeners know that you know Stepan is very much one of those Web three pioneers. You've shown the way uh, for a lot of developers for what is possible. Um, and uh, I I thank you for that, and I applaud your team, your founders, um, and everybody uh, involved in in building that great product. Uh, And now, hopefully, with the Apple Pay integration, making it that much easier to use and that much more accessible to folks who aren't prepared to jump through all those hoops and uh, suffer all that friction that exists in Web3. So, Shiti, thank you so much for being on the pod today.
2: Thank you so much, Nico, for your kind words, and love talking to you. Have a good day.
1: And a big thank you, as always, to all of our listeners. We'll be back next week with more interviews, more insights, and more analysis from the weird and wonderful world of Web3. Until next time, friends, stay crypto-curious and feel free to send questions, guest recommendations, and comments to me. My email is nico at novik.co. And you can find me on Twitter at NicoTheFin. DMs are always open. And we'll always have show notes um, below with links to many of the things that we discussed uh, today. Thank you.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, whether on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, make sure to like, subscribe, comment, or give a five-star review.